Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. So good to be in the house of God. It's our firm foundation. And uh, as we were standing there, I just had this image. You know, God says, Jesus says, you're the salt of the earth. And I had that, you know, that image of how you, how you apply your salt. You know, and God's taken each one of us. I don't know where he's put you, but he's sort of put you around the Quinns Beach area. Yeah. And he's put you into his family. And he's clothed you. I mean, it causes the salt of the earth. It's bringing flavor. You know, it's, it, it preserves what's there. It preserves things from decay. And, and he spread us out. I don't know where you go. I don't. Well, I sort of do. I know it's in this area. This is where he's called us to. To bring the flavor. To prevent decay to bring out the best of our community, the best of the people around us. So be confident. Uh, I've got to say, I haven't heard a lot of fear around the place amongst church people. I've heard a lot of faith. That's what I've heard. So I know that God has called us. He's equipped us. He's clothed us. He declares over us, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. So wherever you are, be confident that in this situation, in this circumstance, in this context... And Cole read it this morning. We won't be touched. God watches over us. We can't be, sh- be, be snatched from his hand. And we are there to be his presence and his aroma with a confidence. Yes, what we say, but just who you are. You're clothed with the aroma of Christ and you will bring his life and his influence to wherever you are. I've just heard a lot of faith. Somehow. God is going to turn this situation around and his plan and his purpose, which is this. My will, says God, is that no one should be saved, but that all should come to the knowledge of his son, Jesus Christ. So in faith, we know that whatever this brings across your path, I don't want to mention the word coronavirus, but I, I just did. Yeah? Whatever this situation and circumstance, God will turn it around somehow for good, for some people he's got his hand upon and his heart for. So we're believing for good things to happen. This is just the, this is just the next one in a long line. If you've lived as long as I have, yeah, I've got a little list here. I lived through atomic proliferation, nuclear proliferation. That was a scary thing. The AIDS e- epidemic. Y2K, who can remember that one? Yeah, this too will pass. This too will be used by God for some purpose and some reason, whatever that might be. I've got some ideas in my own little world of how it can work. But we know this, things will change, but some things don't change. God is on his throne. Jesus remains the one who was, who is, and is to come. Some things don't change. The Holy Spirit inhabits our very being. God blesses us with grace, blesses us with peace. Here's one. All things are possible for those who believe. Do I have any believing sons and daughters of God in the house today? All things are possible. So my week this week's been defined by two things. I'm going to say it again. Coronavirus you know, has come to bite. And we've had a week of prayer and fasting. And I'm not sure that, you know, I've, I've come across a number of churches, I've heard of a number of churches who have done the same thing this week. 
And it's not like we're in communication or networking or anything like that. It just seems to be, and some are overseas, that this week, uh, the week that's just passed, God ordained for a prayer and fasting, you know, amongst his body. And things change so quick. Some of this stuff I wrote down a couple of days ago don't, doesn't necessarily apply now about coronavirus. I said it again. All right. I've got here, causing some real issues, but fear of the unknown for a while has thrown some people into panic. I'm not sure that panic's out there as much now. I think we've got some direction about what's, what's, what's happening. And who would have thought a couple of weeks ago that Australia's favourite food was dry pasta? <laughs> or rice? Or that toilet paper would have been selling for whatever it was selling on Gumtree and so on? But whether it's AIDS, whether it's nuclear proliferation, Y2K, whatever it is, whether it's coronavirus, each of those is a perfect scenario for each of us to address this question. What are we building our life upon? What is the foundation of your life? Apparently, Mr. Hip Hop, Cray, I've never heard of him, but someone quoted him yesterday. Is he big, Sean, Cray? You heard of Cray, Le Cray. Oh, there you go. That's a dad thing, cray, but it's actually look cray. Um, we haven't lost control of the world. Right? We've just lost the illusion that we ever had control of the world. It's a perfect scenario. What are you building your life upon? What are people building their life upon? The stability of the market? A stable and wise government? The capacity of the health system? Security of the food chain? You might be happy you've got enough toilet paper in the linen closet. I don't know. But it's moments like these you understand that if you build your foundation on any aspect of this world, and God's very clear, it's a fallen world. It's not perfect. It's not what it's supposed to be. It's not stable. It's ruled by sin. If you build your life on anything that is of this world, then you have to understand it's a frail, fragile foundation. It's a thin veneer of stability that can change in an instant. As we know, only seven days ago, we would not have been talking about hand sanitizers and little foot taps, and things can change very, very quickly. We know it won't last, but in the midst of this uncertainty, there is something that we can declare. God is still on his throne, and we can declare that our foundation, the foundation that is sure, Jesus told us in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, you want to be like a man who builds his house on a rock so that when the floods come, when the winds come, it will not be shaken. And he goes on to say that that firm foundation is the Word of God. I wish I'd brought my Bible in a year with me, because then I could have held up something really big and thick. Yeah. Right? But my Bible's in here, as it is with, I know, a lot of you. We build our foundation on the Word of God. We build our foundation on the house of God. We build our foundation on prayer to God. We build our foundation on worship to God. We build our foundation on what Paul says is the word of the prophets. Jesus is the cornerstone. We build our foundation on the family of God. And I want to read, Nicole read some of it before from Psalm 46. And I, I, I want to read the whole lot. Pastor Ben um, read this out during the prayer meetings during the week. And I want to read it out because I want you to hear the voice of the shepherd. Jesus is the word. The Word was made flesh. So every time we read the Bible, we're reading God's Word. You know, a lot of people, you know, will question, I can't hear God. I can't, you know, what's he saying to me? 
You're wanting, you're wanting an audible voice. You're wanting, no, the word of God is spoken to you through the Bible. It's God saying, here, I'm speaking to you. So let's soften our hearts now. Let's, let me pray this over us. And as I pray it, hear the voice of God saying, I'm assuring you, you're secure. I am your firm foundation. Hear the voice of calm. Hear the voice of confidence. Hear the voice of a positive outlook as we go out to be the salt of the earth. Psalm 46. Just, just relax. Just relax. Don't, no, there's no expectation on you. All right? Just, just receive the Holy Spirit this morning. God is our refuge and strength. He is an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, though the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. For there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. That's you. It's a church. The holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Though nations are in uproar and kingdoms fall, he lifts his voice and the earth melts. For the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress that's the foundation of our life it's a person jesus christ come and see what the lord has done the desolations he has brought on the earth he makes wars cease to the ends of the earth he breaks the bow and he shatters the spear he burns the shields with fire he says be still and know that i am god i am exalted among the nations i will be exalted in the earth for the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And if you receive that, let's give the Lord a clap off for him. We don't normally do that, but it's just... <laughs> he is so, so good. We appreciate your word, Lord. So we build our foundation on the word. So coronavirus was one aspect of my life this last week. But again, I'm surrounded by faithful people and faith-filled people. And if I ever start to go blah, I've got people around me who are, who are uh, yes, I know they're praying for me. They're praying, we're praying for everybody. And I know they are declaring wor and when I, words of faith. And when I come in underneath that, you know, I'm coming underneath that covering. I've got faith-filled people changing the atmosphere speaking faith words into the unseen world and changing the atmosphere that surrounds me. I've heard lots of faith and it's our job as the salt of the earth to keep doing that and to keep doing it and to keep doing. That's what we are called to do. So we had a week of prayer and fasting, which surprisingly, I have to say, is probably the most joyful and peaceful and relaxed week of prayer and fasting that I've encountered and been a part of. God went before us and blessed us truly. And, and it puts you in a position where I'm, I'm more aware of God and his presence. It's always there. Prayer and fasting does not make me more precious to God, doesn't make him love me more, but what it does is it attunes my heart and my spirit because the ways and the attractions of the world go down and my spiritual antennas go up. So I'm much more aware of uh, God and his presence. He knows exactly what we want. He spoke to me three times during the week. He said this, trust me, trust me, trust me. 
Right now, I've, there are some things I'm praying about, and God's going. Trust things aren't moving as quick as I'd like. Anybody in that place? Prayer and fasting, attuned to the things of God. God goes, trust me, trust me, trust me. You're praying, you're speaking the word of God. You've brought it to some people in, in your groups and they agreed with you in prayer. You trust me, you trust me, you trust me. That's maybe a word for some other people here. He said, be kinder to yourself. Anyone here needs to be kinder to themselves? You can have the word that was for me, but you can have it as well. The other thing he said was, you like your dinner more than you like me. <laughs> yeah. And I, it, it suddenly dawned on me about halfway through the week, you know what probably I look forward to most in the week is my dinner. Do you know what gets me through the day more than anything else? In two o'clock, I've got a dinner that I'm going to really, and when I go home, that's going to make me relax and that's going to minister to me. And seeing Nicole. <laughs> That's going to minister to me, you know. And, and so your prayer and fasting makes you much more attuned to God. And, he's, you know, I said, you're right. I do. So I had to bring a little bit of correction there. And I know many people who did prayer and fasting because we're focusing on listening to the shepherd. That's the shepherd leading me. Trust me. Be kind to yourself. Do a little bit of prayer and fasting every now and then to put me correct your attitude. And so I came out of that week with this idea of momentum, which is what I'm talking about today. And I think as we go into this season, however long it might last, where things are going to be not normal. And I don't know what's going to happen between now and the rest of the week. Who knows? It's changing daily. It's cha- so we have to be ready to do things differently. Who hates change? to do things differently but to be so aware that God is with us he is our foundation and that uh, he watches over every step so we know the word of God because I can see lots of heads nodding and I, and I know you we know we know that we know that in our heart we know what we're to do so my message today is more around this aspect of we, we know what to do and, and we're doing it, but the degree to which we can have some momentum in what we do goes a long way towards living that example of a victorious life that this world needs at, at the moment. It goes a long way to making us Christ's aroma in the community, his authoritative ambassadors wherever we go having that momentum. So I'm coming out of a prayer of week and fasting and I feel like I've got some momentum. But I know what the world is like. I'm going to get out there and what's going to happen to my momentum? It's called friction. Let's get into a little bit of science lesson. I'm going to slow down. All right? And when I slow down, what I do is I make myself vulnerable to the enemy that is out there which wants to drag me down. So it's upon us to make sure we are keeping our spiritual momentum up as we go. So I'm going to keep doing some prayer and fasting. I've done a week of it. What got me through it was I was doing it with lots of people. That's the importance of community. That's why we have groups. That's why we're having dinner parties. They're not just fun events. They are fun events. All right, You'll get there. You'll have a lot of fun. But it's a key. I got through the week of fair and past- prayer and fasting because I was doing it with other people around me. 
but I've got this momentum going and I don't want to lose it. So you don't have to do this. This is just me. All right? I'm going to keep up some prayer and fasting every week now. Might be for a day, might be for two days. I'll see what God wants me to do. But I want to keep up my momentum going. Because if you've got momentum in the things of God, praying, gathering together with other people, worship, music, declaring out loud the word. If you've got that momentum, so much of what is concerning us will, will be taken care of without you necessarily focusing on it. If you've got that spiritual momentum going, then you've got a strength in God, you've got an authority, you've got a power in God. Force equals mass times acceleration. Mass. How, how many kilos have we got in this room? Lots of people involved. And, it, and, and acceleration, continual movement in the things of God. Can I have a volunteer, please? Sean. <laughs> Just go over there. Go over there. Go over there. It, it always seems to be the youth leader. I don't know. Whoever's the youth leader always, I don't know. Must be like, Sean. All right, Sean. I want go back a little bit. All right, stop. I want you to jump as far as you can. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty good. All right, I want you to go back. Go back. Take a running jump, please. Wow. Give him a round of applause. That's it. But you're coming back in about three minutes. Let me read. That's the difference that momentum makes. It gives you much greater power, much greater forward movement. An archer pulls back the arrow. A battering ram pulls back. Why do they pull back? Because you've got to gain that momentum. Without the momentum, the arrow won't fly. Without the momentum, those castle doors aren't coming down. So as in the physical, so in the spiritual. If you need physical momentum for physical breakthrough, then you're going to need spiritual momentum for spiritual breakthrough. A prayer every now and then is not giving you spiritual momentum. Thinking of God every now and then will not give you spiritual, and it leaves you vulnerable. Forsaking the gathering of the saints. There's an old King James version for you. Not gathering together, in, not taking the opportunity of the groups will lead you, leave you vulnerable. Ephesians 6 chapter 12, verse 12 says this. You don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You're not wrestling against the coronavirus. There's, a, there's an ill will behind that. Satanic and demonic. The world is fallen. It's full of sin and sickness. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And it's interesting that Paul uses the word wrestle. You know, he was in a world that was really influenced by the Greeks, and the Greeks loved physique. They loved athleticism. So Paul could have chosen anything from, from that world. He could have chosen running, could have chosen jumping, could have chosen javelin throwing, could have chosen sword fights, could have chosen weightlifting. He chooses wrestling. Hmm. This is the best image of what it's like when you're up against the enemy. This is an image of what it's like when you've got to battle through a fallen world. It's like you're wrestling. And I've got some pictures there to give you an idea of what it's like. There you go. 
ever feel like that? And you just can't break free. You're trying to get on with your life and there's something that's just got you and even when you get your leg free, they've got your arm and even when you get your walking, they're going to come up and grab you around the waist like that and just hover over you so you can't do anything. Ever feel like that? Paul says that's what it's like. You're in a fallen world and it's like you're, you're in a wrestle. So I'm going to have Sean come up again, thanks. We're not going to wrestle. That would be good, but we're just going to have to imagine we're doing it. All right, so just, yeah, get in, yeah just stay, no, don't, stop, stop. All right, get ready to wrestle. Yeah, you ready? All right. I'm living my life. I'm loving the Lord. I'm loving church. Okay. But there's something, someone, a bodiless spirit, all right, that's got an assignment against me. We'll call some of them out in a sec. You know. But he's going to come and wrestle me, and I'm loving, and he's, Yep, he's got that. I'm trying to get free and, I, and I'm praising and I'm going to church and I'm doing these things. Thank you. Stay there, stay there. One of the keys is you can do all those good things, but have you got momentum in that? How many of us, I'll put my hand up, have done nothing for months and months and months, then all of a sudden there's a crisis and we start praying Psalm 23? <laughs> Who's ever done that? Yeah. But see, one of the ways, and, and if, if I am stop-start, if you're a battering ram on the way to knock down the castle, you stop halfway through, and then you start again, and then you stop again, and then you start again, and then you stop again, that gate, those gates aren't going down. You've got to keep up that, it's called a spiritual discipline, spiritual disciplines. Pastor Jace is calling it holy patterns. What are the holy patterns in your life like? Because if I'm stop-start, 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 Stop, start. Oh, there we go. I am such an easy target. I am such an easy takedown. And I spend my whole life wrestling, trying to get free, and I'm dragged back and someone jumps on top of me. Those pictures are perfect. Next time I guess you to bring your little wrestling outfit. <laughs> okay. But, sorry, now you've got these images, haven't you? <laughs> if I've got spiritual momentum... And coming out of a week of prayer and fasting, that frequency of three prayer meetings a day, I didn't go to three a day, but I went to one a day. And the prayer and, and the, 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 the attentiveness to God talking to me during the day. I feel like I've got momentum. I know it's going to wear out. Do you know, it's, I think it's easier to get faith than it is to keep faith sometimes. It's easier to, so, I, so I'm going to keep up my momentum. It's on me, to, it's our responsibility to keep up my momentum. Because if I've got momentum, just go there a little bit, okay, and I've got this demon ready to wrestle me, if I've got momentum, we're doing it in slow motion now, if I've got momentum, I can go, and there we go. Or I can do this. All right, we'll have to go in slow motion again. I've got momentum. And he's so intimidated that he falls on the floor because what I want to do is trample him. Because you know what? I haven't even considered him. I don't even know he's there. I haven't even thought about him. I'm just mowing him down and stepping all over him. <laughs> That's what momentum will give you. Thanks, Sean. Let's give a round of applause. Yeah. 
So in the same way, if you're not consistent in your walk with God, if you waver back and forth, if you're a stop-start in those holy patterns, then you're going to lose that spiritual momentum and not accomplish everything that God has called you to do or see those breakthroughs that you're meant to see. Hebrews 12 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. Let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles. What are the momentum killers in your life? What stops you? Paul here says, throw off everything that hinders. Throw off, identify the momentum killers and deal with them. Throw them off. Throw off the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. If Paul identifies wrestling as a really good image of what it's like to live this life, he goes, do you know what a Christian's life is? You run. You run and you don't go we- grow weary. And there's no great revel- revelation here. You run and you don't grow weary of doing the things that the Bible, not the Bible, well it is the Bible, that God tells us, you want to live a victorious life? I wish I had my Bible here. If you want to live a victorious life, these are the things you do. And you do them and you do them and you do them and you get your spiritual momentum and you will overcome So let us run with race, the word marked out for us. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will grow, not grow weary and you will not lose heart. Let me give you a little bit. I'm going to go through the list of momentum killers, and I'll tell you what mine are. I'll tell you one now. Inconvenience. You know, when the groups came up for, do you want to join a group? And uh, I went, well, that's going to be inconvenient. I think, no, I think I said, uh, I don't know. Things went through my head. And I thought, do you know what it is? If I don't do it, it's just because it's inconvenient and I'm lazy. The Bible says I'm a sluggard. Don't you like that word? You sluggard. That's the only reason I wouldn't do it. And then I go, you know, I can't give up two hours a fortnight. You know? I have to watch against laziness in my life, in my heart. That's one of my momentum killers. If I'm going like this, do, 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 and I'm trampling over Sean, and I'm trying to establish holy patterns in my life, which might involve more continual prayer, the Bible says, you know what a slug it's like? It's like a person in bed like a door. They just turn over on the hinges and then they go back again. It says this. This is a sl- oh, I'm going off track, but it doesn't matter. I like this one. As a sluggard buries his hand in the dish, he is too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. I'm not getting anywhere. God's not coming through for me because I'm lazy. I put my hand in the dish, but I'm too lazy to bring it to my mouth. That's some straight talk from the Bible. That's mine. I've got a few others there. I won't go through them because we're running a bit short. Which of these are your momentum killers? Because the Bible says they're entangling you and they're hindering you. They're slowing you down. 
So we want to address them, identify them. This is how we deal with this current situation. My concern, and things might go this way, that this school might actually close down. We can't meet here. It might even be within a week's time that they're closing down all gatherings of people together. So my concern is, well, you know, if this gathering goes, we still have to gather together and there'll be, you know, things coming out about all that. But we want to maintain our momentum. As much as I love this church, I've got to make sure my faith in my life is actually built on my relationship with Jesus. You guys are an added bonus. So what, what is it? Here's, here's some momentum killers. Busyness. And I love what Pastor Jay said a couple of weeks ago. If you start saying, I'm Mr. Busy, then that's some warning bells going off that perhaps you need to think about you know, what, what, what's happening. The cares of this world. Fear is a really common one. Fear is a great one that's going to be wrestling you. Unforgiveness, offence, those things are momentum killers. Weariness, consumerism, envy, disappointments and regrets, God not coming through for you, momentum killers. Paul says, disentangle yourselves from them because they're hindering you. They're slowing you down. So what we want to do is bring those to a place of confession before God. How do you get rid of them? You confess them before God. You try and find a Bible verse that will stand with you. If fear is something that grips you, whatever that might be, God did not give me a spirit of fear, power, love and a sound mind. You can Google anything these days. I don't have to give you a complete list and you will find it. So in a minute, or in a couple of minutes, we're going to take some time as the band comes, the musicians come, and we're going to, to, to get the Holy Spirit to remind us. Like he's, you know, he said, I didn't realise really, how important that evening meal was to me. The Holy Spirit needed to remind me of that. So we're going to take some time. What are our momentum killers? The flip side of that is this. adding those holy patterns and building those holy patterns into our lives. And here we go. Are you ready for some amazing revelation? Ready? This is straight from, straight from the throne room. Praying. Reading the Bible. Attending a group. Uh, listen to Pastor Nicole's preach from last week. We are better together. God has designed us that we cannot do it on our own, but we join together in groups. What do groups give us? You need people to cheer you on. They've got to counsel you. They've got to comfort you. They're going to pray for you. They're going to agree with you in prayer. That's part A. I actually like part B better. This is part B. You're important because you are needed to cheer others on, to counsel others to comfort others, to pray with others and agree with others in prayer because each one of you has a gift from God and it's not for you, it's not your gift, it's my gift. It's just coming through you to me. So I get much more excited about doing things together because I get to do my best to minister to others. Give to the house of God. Fast, love others practically, worship, spread joy and encourage and listen
to the shepherd's voice as much as you can? What will give you that momentum that you need to be all that God has called you to be? Identify those things that are going to stop you. Because if you are stop starting, you're a perfect target for the enemy to take down. What's going to give you the momentum? Those holy patterns established in your life. And we're going to take some time and after we've identified our momentum killers to perhaps rededicate or recommit ourselves or examine where we're at with our holy patterns. Hear the love behind this. You know? It's not that you're falling short of the things of God. It's that you're capable of so much more if you put these simple things in place and you build your momentum and anything that's set itself against you will crumble before you. So let's stand As the band just plays some nice, calm music there. And let's still ourselves before the Holy Spirit. Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Jesus said, I have to go, but I'm going to send someone to comfort you. So do this lovingly. This is about the Holy Spirit putting his arm around you and just saying, you know what, here, look here. Or the Holy Spirit putting his arm around and saying, just look over here. So what is it that is a momentum killer for you? What is it that's entangling you that you need to throw off? It won't surprise God. But let's confess it. The Bible tells us if you confess... Jesus will forgive. And if you confess, Jesus will deliver and forget. So let's bring it into the light now, just you and the Holy Spirit as we just soak in this moment. Thank you, Lord. Father, we bring this before you. We thank you. You are for us. We pray, Lord, you would lift these burdens from off your children. Lord, that they would walk free, that they would walk in power, that they would walk in the anointing of your Holy Spirit. And so let's think of these holy patterns that God has set up in His wisdom. He sees the unseen world better than we see it. And He says, These are the things, my word, 
time with me in prayer, worship, praise, the gathering together of the family of God, giving, being joyful. So again, let's look to the Holy Spirit. Let him speak to you. Nicole said it before. The shepherd hears our voice. We hear the voice of the shepherd and we follow. Thank you, Lord, that you are leading us. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.